Welcome to another episode of We Like Watching, where content is our kink, and apparently we have big boners for movies like Mortal Kombat. Uh, I am one of the five fun friends, as I just made up in my head. I'm very proud of that, actually. Uh, Kevin Chambers, along with me here, is Deontay Hufflepuff. Say hello. Hello. Uh, the good old Jimmy Bones, J-Bone. Hello. Miss L. My mom is now listening. Just throwing that out there, but Hello. And last but not least, the enigmatic Miss Evie. So I should stop cyberbullying you, L. Probably, yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Noted. It's a, r- it's a rough conversation for again? another podcast. Uh, <laughs> what's your mother's name again? Joni. Shout out. To Hi, Joni. Joni. Thanks for listening. Joni. Gang, gang. Thanks for listening, Joni. One of three people. We really appreciate it. <laughs> if we cyberbully. Uh, she deserved it. Ooh. ooh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, Who's kidding? Just kidding. Today, guys, is a very uh, special episode because today I'm going to be talking a little bit about a movie that I really appreciate that I think everyone else should, but Metacritic definitely did not. Uh, but before we get into it, I just want to get a quick little recap and see how everybody's been, seeing what they've been up to and what they've been watching. Uh, Deontay, what have you been watching this week? Just quick, you know, little synopsis. I want to say something, but I feel like it'll ha- cause bad karma, so I'm not. Um, but uh, what have I been watching this week? Uh, Evie and I finally caught up on the on the nine one one. We were two episodes behind. Uh, I think last time we talked about this, I was wondering when Eddie and Buck were gonna uh, seal the deal on their relationship. And uh, the show was kind of leading up to that, and then they uh, they left us all with a semi, um, and they did not seal the deal on the show. So uh, I'm a little disappointed. It looks like they've reset the situation. Uh, looks like they're going to have to build back up to that special moment. I know, I know, build back up to that special moment sometime soon. Um, but I know everybody's rooting for them to just seal the deal. They have an adorable son that they're raising together. Um, and it really, they're just what each other needs to round out their lives. It's, it's, it's so obvious. It's like, it's like, you know, those friends that you have and it's like, wow, they would be so good together, but they just don't see it in each other. That's what's happening on this show. And it's really frustrating for everyone. Find me one of those. <laughs> That's not a serial killer, oh, right? They're usually gay. Yes. Gay or serial killer, which mm-hmm. neither one of those can do anything for you, right? Yeah. <laughs> see, what you don't realize, Deontay, is that's just them holding you on to the show i mean I know. You know, you're waiting it's kind of like jim and pam in the office except for they're probably not going to ruin it by having it happen you know three seasons in and then trying to do another four seasons of the damn show right. without steve carell no less at certain points right fucking ryan murphy king ryan murphy yeah. jimmy bones j bone what you got right buddy now? what you been watching uh i've been kind of taking it easy and not watching as much stuff but i dove into uh world war ii in color on netflix i don't know why but the historian Ooh. in me came out this week so i watched the he's got like 10 parts to it um but that was really interesting it took me to places that i didn't really hear about that went on in world war ii so that was cool the other thing that i really enjoyed and i just binge watched it in the last two days is the crew it's a new show on netflix um with kevin james and it's like about um it's like it's got a nascar feel to it because it's about a nascar crew and it's just got the witty kevin james doing his normal jokes and and being goofy as always but i really enjoyed that so but yeah that's about it but does it feature a hot wife 
Um, the two characters that he kind of like flirts back and forth with, I mean, they're they're good looking girls. Um, they're not they're I not mean, um, well known. Um, when I mm-hmm. looked them up, they both have been like mostly on Broadway, so I think they're kind of trying to break in to acting, like on screen. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's good. It's still got the you know you have to like Kevin James. Um, because it's the same style of comedy as King and Queens and um, I'm blanking. What's the other show he had on for a hot second? Kevin Can Wait. Kevin Can Wait. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. It's the same style of comedy, so it's it's only a matter of how long can people you know put up with Kevin James. And if he's not well-liked, it's not going to last. But I thought it was really funny. Miss L, what's been up? Um, well, in my forever quest to find more trash TV, because it's not called a trash can, it's called a trash can, and I feel like I've burned through so much of it (laughs) in quarantine, um, I found Temptation Island, which has been on since 2001, but I didn't even know it existed, and basically it's where these, like, four couples go to this place, and then all these singles are brought in because it's, like, their final test to see if they're meant to be together. And like, it's just, it's the best kind of trash because it's like, you put yourself in this situation, but then you want to cry about it when your guy is like looking at someone else. So you need a boyfriend bad. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Because I'm watching that? Yeah. (laughs) I'm a single independent woman who don't need no man. But anyways. um, She lies to herself every morning in the mirror. Okay. This anyway, is cyberbullying. Didn't we just say that? This is why I had my mom listen, so she could pick up on the signs. There you go, Joni. There you go. Code word. Code word of carrot. Listen, anyway. we will gladly create a podcast to get you a man. I will. Um, I will that, be that, part that, of that it's already been created. It's just that L doesn't like to do episodes or want to do episodes for some reason. Um, no, that's not true. Is, and after if, what happened last night um, with a friend of mine, we, we need to do an episode. Let's do not it. Like, not like in that way, but like a, can, can, like a dirty hookup. No, I will climb aboard. No. I will climb aboard to help you find like the find length some love. that single ladies go to not seem crazy. Okay, but anyways, sure, sure. Um, so I like Temptation Island, and I've also been watching Normal People, which is BBC Three, um, and it's been really good. I like the way that the two characters' like story is interwoven throughout the years, um, and. Yeah, good eye candy. Look at you watching British television. Look at me. I'm so sophisticated. Not quite as you, though. I didn't study abroad. Well, Wait, I did. You know. but... With all <laughs> the things to Wait, do I did. in London. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I just want to circle back real quick. L, if your podcast about you going out and looking for a romance isn't called Finding the L in Love, then I'm going to shoot myself. I just need you to know. If it's not oh. called Finding the L in Love then what is the point of any of this? And I don't appreciate it if you're not listening to me right now. Are you actually paused, Evie? Or, okay, no, okay. Um, A few... No, I'm just shook. Sure, sure. A few housekeeping items before we get this this shit cracking. Um, We're going to try out a few things over the next few months. You you guys might be seeing some special spinoff podcast episodes. Um, They're going to be coming... You're so funny. They're going to be coming out under the We Like Watching feed. But we're going to be trying different formats. We're going to be trying all kinds of different things. Uh, The first one that you can look forward to, uh, we're going to call it We Like Watching Sam's Choice. And we're going to be breaking down uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer season by season. Um, And it'll be featuring our friend Sam 
who is a Buffy aficionado. Um, so we think that'll be fun, um, and we hope that, that that's all... a, that's an understatement too. <laughs> what that we think it'll be fun, or that he's an aficionado? No, that he's an aficionado. Sure, sure, sure. He's watched that series, I think, ten times, and has like a has like okay. soundtracks broken down into what's best. Yeah, like yeah. Songs that have been put on Buffy, so that's it'll be really good. Than yeah. Dawson's Creek, I guess. Whoa, oh, yeah. whoa, yeah. whoa. whoa. Chill, mm-hmm. chill. Yep, we'll throw that whoa. fireball. Whoa, whoa, okay. Uh, well, let's get it started. Let's start talking about push then, I guess. Well, hold on, hold on a second there, my friend, Deontay Hufflepuff. Because one more person we have to talk to. Evie, what did you watch? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fuck me, I guess. Um, Cyberbullying has consequences. Mark's I, it's true, it's down. true. Karma came back around and kicked me in the <laughs> testicles. Um... Let's see. I've watched a lot this week. Uh, work was busy, and so I just had things, you know, uh, on the TV going. Um, I we, watched. We watched oh, Mr. Mayor, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry for this. Is so awful that I'm doing this, but I just felt felt like I had to say this. Uh, we Part watched, of course. We watched an episode of Mr. Mayor where Bo Bridges played a gay avocado farmer that was corrupt, <laughs> and I just wanted to share that. It was really funny. <laughs> Go ahead, Evie. I enjoyed that, too. So I guess we watched a couple episodes of Mr. Mayor. So there's that. Um, uh, I started watching RuPaul's Drag Race UK with J-Bone and Sam and Elle and a couple other people. Um, so that was a lot of fun. I you know, am a sucker for British television and accents, and so it gave me such life. Um, and... Elle can go suck a pickle because she she thinks I'm snooty because I studied in England, which, yeah, probably. Anyway, we can move on now, unless uh, Hufflepuff wants to interject again. You're not snooty because you studied in England. You're snooty because you're snooty. Just don't, and I studied go. in England because yeah. I'm snooty. Yeah, just own it. Like, you know. Okay. Yeah. Owned. There, there we go. Oh. In terms of what I watched this week, I watched quite a bit, but the thing that I watched that is probably most important, most pertinent to this episode, is a little movie called Push. Now, it's not the novel by Sapphire, um, but instead it is a 2009 Chris Evans vehicle um, that stars quite a cast of people, actually, and a lot of them who were kind of either established, a couple others who weren't so established, and also people who kind of fell off the map. Um this movie is one of the movies that always sticks out in my mind. And the reason why I wanted to do this, the reason why I basically begged the rest of the team for me to do this is because I looked up uh, the Metacritic ratings for this movie. Now, Ken, keep this in mind. This movie's from 2009. Uh, it's got Chris Evans, Dijimin Honsu, uh, Dakota Fanning, Ming-Na Wen, like all these people that are just great people that have been in tons of movies Ever since uh, Dijimin Hansu has been in so many films at this point, uh, Dakota Fanning, pretty well known as a four-year-old and has been famous ever since. Uh, and then you have Chris Evans, who is literally Captain America these days. Um, but one of the things about this that disturbed me is that when I saw this movie, I was a pretty big fan of it. But looking back on the reviews that I've seen in places like Metacritic, uh, and I've been debating on de- calling this "shut up Metacritic," so maybe that's just what I'm going to call it. Um, Metacritic was not a fan. Uh, overall scores uh, at the end of this all was 36 on average. So uh, that's not the, the biggest glowing uh, result for a particular movie like this. 
Um, let's get into a little bit of what Push is about. So Push essentially is about a world full of gifted psychics. Um, mainly stars Chris Evans and Dakota Fanning. They're both two very specific types of psychics. And they're in Hong Kong in these very beautiful and photogenic slash stylized shots of the world. Um, and it's just one of those movies that like kind of feels comic book-esque, X-Men-esque, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, that's an important thing to establish right now. That's something I'm going to bring up again later on. Um, but one of the big things about this movie is that this is Chris Evans' pre-Captain America and all the comic book stuff that's come ever since, uh, but post-Fantastic Four. Um, oh, what? At the time... Yeah, this this actually comes after. No, no, uh, I mean, role. what's Fantastic Four? Oh, well, I'm glad you asked, Deontay Hufflepuff, because I'm not sure if you actually know or not know. I thought you were known. insinuating. I thought you were insinuating that they made a movie about these four. Oh, they actually did. They made two movies, my friend. No they made way. Fantastic Four. They did. They made Fantastic Four. Oh, it's, a, it's a clever name, I know. The second Fantastic Four movie was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. The one with Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> Agreed. That's and, not the second one. That's the third one. Oh, is that the third one? Third one? Okay, okay. It's bad. Yeah, Rise of the Silver Surfer oh. is the second. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. okay. With okay. with the Silver Surfer being voiced by Lawrence Fishburne, which was mm, an mm. interesting situation. Um, this movie also comes on the heels of all three of the original X-Men movies, which... We can all sit here and debate which one was the worst three, um, you know, and which wow. one was the best. You know, one. Wow, <laughs> um, two was definitely the best one. But anyway, keep going. Well, well there we go. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know if Hufflepuff has seen these movies, so don't take it to heart, Kevin. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not that concerned about it. We can debate about this all day. Sure, sure. All day. Sure. Um, but the whole point of this is that this movie is very fascinating to me. In the sense that it's X-Men, comic books, you know, it's all these particular things. And it's kind of where I see Chris Evans kind of becoming more of that lead man in these particular type of films than he had been before. You know, I I think the the biggest thing he was in before this, besides the Fantastic Four movies, was Sunshine, which I don't think a ton of people saw. Also featuring Cillian Murphy. And um, not another teen movie, which... Everybody remembers that shit. If you're gay, everybody remembers that, or a woman, well, or, or a straight woman, or if you're, or if you're straight, but you're also a little curious about things. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the the for Chris Evans is this is kind of a big movie, or at least it seemed like it was going to be a big movie for him because this was the first time that he was fully taking that lead role in kind of a serious action film and everything else. Um, so one of the reasons why this movie sticks out to me so well is because they actually go into a certain sense of lore. Now, I'm a huge fan of lore and building a universe and everything else. And with this movie, even though it doesn't necessarily dig that well into certain parts of it, it establishes a universe in which these things happen and there are these types of people. And so in this movie, there are multiple different types of psychics. Nine, exactly, to be be exact. Um, There are pushers who can affect the minds of other people by placing memories, thoughts, and emotions within their target. So, you know, you could basically make up an entire story in someone's mind and convince them that something had happened to them that never did. Uh, You have shifters who can affect the physical appearance of an object temporarily thanks to light manipulation. This can kind of 
you know, allow you to hide any particular thing. And in the, the movie, there's a particular character who shows it using, you know, magic tricks. Uh, it's, it's a very interesting one in my personal opinion, but it doesn't seem as big as some of the other ones. Uh, there are watchers. Watchers can see into the future, uh, experiencing both images and sounds of what's going to happen. The big thing about that is that those things can shift and change. So they kind of have to keep, you know, paying attention to what's going to happen. Nothing is set in stone, etc. You have stitches who are the equivalent of superhero doctors. They can basically heal people on a molecular and cellular level that can essentially take away almost any particular pains. Uh, as far as I understand, they can't necessarily bring anybody back to life, but they can bring them you know, pretty far back from being nearly dead. Uh, you have movers, and movers can do just exactly what that sounds like, basically telekinesis, you know, moving particular objects, pushing them around, um, you know, doing things on a... It's basically, in my opinion, what people see as one of the most psychic efforts. Uh, then you have shadows. Shadows can basically hide uh, objects and people from other people, specifically another particular type of psychic. It can, you know, it's basically they won't be able to actually find this particular thing. Um, but the people that they tend to hide them from are sniffs. Sniffs are kind of the weirdest ones, as they literally sniff objects and things to kind of track. Um, where something has been, kind of get the history, the story behind it. Uh, it's a very weird, like at, at one point, um, Corey Stoll, who you guys might know from Ant-Man or House of Cards, right. is in the movie, and he, he, he's a sniffer. Secretly kind of hot, Corey Stoll, yeah. I, I mean, I would say is just kind of tall and hot. Personally. Yeah, kind of. Kind um, of. Like, if you look at him yeah. a certain way, he's like, yeah. no, Corey Stoll. Yep. Mm. He's, he's got those angles where we're like, yeah. And then you got the other angles where it's like, eh. but then yeah, most yeah. of the angles are like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he's a sniffer in the movie, which sounds just completely dirty saying out loud, but I'm okay with that. Uh, and we he, forgot he was in the movie, by the way. Did you really? Most people, most yeah. people do. That's the thing is he he's wasn't a big for five minutes. Yeah, yeah. But those, those five minutes though, let me tell you. No, okay, calm down. <laughs> it's not Man's wet. It's Man's not wet. It's not out. So, and don't gender me. You don't know what parts I have, except you do. Okay. A wiper is essentially <laughs> trained to erase memory in both temporary and permanent cases. The more experienced the wiper, the more certainty of pinpoint accuracy when in memory eraser. Um, and that becomes kind of a big part of the plot. Now, the final group, final one is so interesting to me just because it seems so different from all the other ones in, in many senses. Uh, Cause the other ones seem very cerebral with the exception of probably movers. Uh, the final one is bleeders. Bleeders can, even though their name is called a bleeder and that sounds a little bit like you're making a particular joke about something that you shouldn't. Uh, bleeders are actually emitters of sonic vibrations. So basically they can scream and rupture blood vessels. Uh, they're usually employed as like assassins within the movie or, you know, kind of like the strong men kind of situation within the movie. Um, These are J-Bone's favorite, the bleeders. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> um, before I move on further, I just want to let anybody listening know that we're not, the goal here is not to ruin any particular parts of the movie. So this is just kind well... of giving you a synopsis, a little overview. I mean, we can, we can talk a little bit about some things, but as long as we're not ruining the movie, because I do right. hope that people will go out and see this particular movie. Right. You can actually find it right now on Amazon Prime. It's free. And Hulu. So, yeah. And you and could Hulu. have found it within the last ten years. But <laughs> sorry. And also we oh. don't we don't want to ruin the movie because when people watch it, the movie will do that for them. So There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, uh. 
<laughs> so, and uh, in, 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 in case you can't tell, dear listeners, uh, some of some of the friends here aren't exactly the hugest fans of this movie, but I will defend this movie, sir, and sir. I plan to. I mean, I, there, to. I actually have a list of pros. Yeah, it's yeah. just the cons are twice as long. It's yeah. Yeah. and that's and that's very fair. Yeah. Right, and that's very fair. That's the other thing that I want to establish right now is that I enjoy and appreciate this movie, and I think that it's very overlooked. But that said, I also don't think that it's a perfect movie. I think that it has a lot of issues, and I can see exactly why people would not be huge fans of the movie. Sure. Um, in fact, I want to go ahead and open up the floor to what you guys saw as cons for this particular movie. I know that Jimmy and Evie have been kind of you know, chomping at the bit to get into this part, so I will leave the floor open to you guys. All right, before they hop in... Um... Before the show, I had to run Evie's notes up to him. And the first thing on his list was the first thing on my list. Um, and wait, 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 time out, time out. Is this for cons? Yes. Um, oh, okay. And, but I'll let him take it away. But just know that I'm going to be talking about it too. So <laughs> go, go, f- either anybody else, go for it. <laughs> Evie, go ahead. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and start. Uh, The first thing that I noticed that irritated me, that made me want to swing fist, is Dakota Fanning's fucking mouth. Um, The fact that she's basically chewing on her own face the entire time that she's speaking, and they, for whatever reason, she has braces, which is probably... IRL braces, you know. Does like, she have braces? She, I thought her teeth were just fucked up. Oh no, no, her top <laughs> teeth are covered in braces in this movie. Okay. And Dakota Fanning is welcome on this show whenever she wants to come on. She is. She yeah. is. Now I, I am she a got fan of Dakota fixed. Fanning. I think she that did, she is an video. excellent actress. Can you stop talking so I can finish Sorry. my thought? Sir. Oh, um, I think Somebody she is an excellent meds. actress. But, no, I forgot, J-Bone. Stop calling me out. Um, But, no, for whatever reason, she, like, I felt like there was a lot of spit coming out of her mouth when she talked. Um, She she struggled, like, delivering the lines, which she doesn't ever struggle delivering lines in any other movie. Um, It took me out of it a little bit. Um, So I feel like uh, Hufflepuff has a lot to say, so I'm going to popcorn to him oh. he might echo or backpack on what i'm about or what i've been saying i'm echoing i'm backpacking all that shit she was missing bottom teeth which like in real life that's kind of that's like uh i don't know we're not gonna get on people who are missing bottom teeth but in a movie like you can't be missing bottom teeth and you can't be smiling and shit like you can't be doing that um can we have a bigger discussion about how awful her acting was in this movie like it was bad uh, and the scene, well, I guess we can't give too much away from the movie. There's a scene mid-movie uh, where she does something to enhance her powers. And I think that scene is indicative of how bad her performance was. I wasn't sure what her character was supposed to be. Um, and I don't think they did a good job of framing her. Um, and then on top of that, I think Dakota Fanning's performance was just awful. Um, so, she has yeah. one missing tooth. That's a, one too many. You, you act like she's a meth addict in this movie. It doesn't have any teeth. There's just, one tooth missing. You're, you're a movie actress, and you're in a movie. You can't be missing bottom teeth. That's mm-hmm. not how this works. Well, you can't just break that off of... Uh, I, I mean, you I, can if you're, like, 13. 
I think our new like slogan is she's 14. Of on... She yells it seven times. Right, she's right, 14. right, right. Our right. new slogan needs to be instead of where content is our kink, it needs to be where we judge people's teeth because yeah. That's really what no, no. Like I said, we're not judging. I, I'm just no, saying. I, I I do judge people's teeth. Okay. It's it's, a, it's it's a controllable thing in most cases. Well, especially if you're spending million dollars on a movie, and you're paying actors, and. Okay. You're yeah. gonna like you're gonna cast people. I just don't see a reason to cast someone who's like I said. I didn't even know she had braces. I thought her teeth were just fucked up, right? And well, so, well, so say... it goes along with her character, though. She's 14 years old. She's going she... through those things. When I was I was a very late bloomer, and when I was 14 years old, I had braces, and you could tell that I had braces. So I'm you stopped losing teeth at like nine or ten. Those necklaces. I stopped. I didn't stop. Hair. They had to pull. I had baby teeth at 14. Thank you. I mean, okay, well, then maybe you shouldn't be judging. Okay, yeah. so, okay, sorry. Anyways, um, I will say I feel like her opening dialogue, just like, it was something about her voice in this movie to me where it just seemed more childish than, like, Uptown Girls. Yeah. Uptown Girl. yeah. I don't know what, what that was because it was filmed later. Um, you do, can oh. you do the impersonation? I can't. I have it saved as an audio message. I'd be happy to play it, but <laughs> I don't. Hold on. Let's see. I'll hold it up if I can find it. J-Bone, what about you while she's looking for it? So, What's... I mean, the cons for me right now, I honestly, like, since we're on the topic of Dakota fan, I, I don't know, like, I felt like her and Chris Evans had good good scenes on screen. I feel like that's where I bought in the most. Where I didn't like, and I don't, I think this is more, again, this is just my opinion, I have. I don't care for the one-line jokes that they give Chris Evans in movies. Like he came with some one-line jabbers, and I'm just like, mm, that's stupid. Like you're trying to make him funny, and he's really not coming off that funny. Yeah, um, this movie you, definitely didn't help that. And then, um, I really don't get the the dudes who scream. Like I don't. I don't get that. Like, it kind of lost me when they're running from these people and they're screaming. Like, it's it just came off a little bit of annoying. Like, send send some other people who can like, I don't know, quietly kill them. Yeah, like. of of all of 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 all the powers in the 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 movie, I will admit that the 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 bleeders felt like the most forced. Yeah, like you the know? dude, like the like dude, in in all of them. The fight scene in the restaurant is way better, like with the mm -hmm. dude who can move just like Chris Evans can, where he can move it with his mind. Like mm -hmm. that scene is way better, and I don't know. I really like the um, what's what's his name from from uh, Gladiator? Diamond House. Diamond House. Yeah, I think he was really good in it. I enjoyed him. Um, but again, I just, I really, there's a downfall with the, uh, screamer guys. I don't like that at all. There are special people in this world. We are asked to be special. We're just born this way. <laughs> oh. <laughs> your ringtone? Please tell me that's your right, ringtone. Right, right, oh, But, shit. I mean, uh, it wasn't bad, though. Like, like, I... I keep, I kept wrestling watching it, like oh that's really good. Those are really good scenes, and then it's like, uh, 
Okay, that was so, really bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like to your first yep. point, J Bone. Like the one of my notes was um, Chris Evans' inconsistent asshole shtick. Yeah. Because it's like the one-liners, he was trying to be like a total douchebag, mm-hmm. but like he was too caring every other second of the movie. Sure. It's just those like little blips of, hey, I'm a, f- a fucking asshole. And it's like, oh, no, you're not. Yeah. That's cute. To, but to... is but isn't isn't that kind of like the point of that whole kind of character type is the and then not I'm, I'm fully agreeing in what you say but i feel like that's also kind of the point of that kind of character type where it's like i don't need anybody you can piss up piss up a rope but then he's also secretly like a sweet human being it's just like the trauma i could see yeah, yeah. yes it, but yeah. for me there wasn't enough of that balance yeah. between mm-hmm. being the asshole and being the good guy it was like he was mostly the good guy sweet 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 never had a chip on his shoulder and then all of a sudden there was a there was like a yeah. huge chip and he he says something shitty or does something selfish but it's like which, it was like you know tiny yeah which so like so this also it develops another thing of why does a semi superhero movie why why in superhero movies do they always have a pillar that there has to be a love story in it I which which like is it. is actually no you're you're right there and it's so funny um, <laughs> I, I know that I know that Deontay has a particular thing he wants to jump I on do. so I'll get let to him to get to it in a second but just to jump on that when you guys were complaining about Dakota Fanning I think that one of the biggest problems in this movie is actually Camila Bell and the actual like you know the chemistry between her and Chris Evans I thought that um, was Winnie Cooper the reason yeah. this is so every bro can bring his girlfriend to the movie theater. And I... there's at least something <laughs> It has no, it doesn't enhance the story. It doesn't want to make me watch the movie more because, oh, suddenly the girl that they're after, Chris Evans was in love with her. But you're naturally into these kind of movies. So I feel like if someone's not into them and gets dragged to the movie theater, it's just one of those things where it's just like, okay, let's add this in because I get, I get where that can be problematic. But well, just, would you would you be satisfied with that love story? No. Another okay. one. Like, here's yeah. here's okay, an like, analogy it's for something s- that I can understand. Here's an yeah, analogy yeah, though about stupid love stories within superhero movies mm-hmm. is Black Widow and the Hulk. Why? We'll have to have another one on that. Why does Scarlett Johansson yeah. and Mark Ruffalo need to be a love interest? We Why? could low-key do a whole podcast on that, honestly. I was about to say, this, this is a whole story? podcast episode. Yeah. Yep, that's a whole podcast what? episode um, right there. I, so my personal... i to the list. You're so funny. I, yeah, I have two things that I need to I add. agree with Jimmy, and I disagree. So I agree that generally in superhero movies, a lot of the love stories are out of place. Um, one of my big pros for this movie was that the story is very tight and honestly i believe that the love story is a necessary vehicle in the movie to make sure that everyone's motivation makes sense right because if you're nick if if the love interest doesn't come into play if you're nick why don't you just leave and walk away from the whole situation but now you have he wants to tear apart the division because it's how his dad died uh, but That's how he, the movie starts. Sure, but he could have done that. I mean, he it's been 10 years. He could have been doing that all along. Instead, he's like gambling in some park in Hong Kong. I think if you're Nick without having someone that you truly care about on the verge of death because of the division, um, someone that you truly care about that you love, quote unquote, 
I, I don't think that that is a proper motivation for him. And I actually, I actually believe that the relationship was a necessary vehicle. Um, there are some other issues that I have. Uh, I think that the movie does little to no character development. And I think it honestly would work better as a book. I think it actually would be a really good book. Um, and I was wondering if it was an adapted story, but I guess it's not. Um, but uh... F- Funny enough, just to let you know, um, there were three graphic novels that were created for it as a prequel. Okay. So, in a in a weird in a weird roundabout way, it actually went backwards. Where there was a book that was developed after the movie came out. Yeah. Um, to kind of give you more of that characterization. But again, like that's something I'm going to get into more a little bit later on. Yeah, yeah. But I was just, uh, I think um, even at times, so the movie has a, there's no character development. Um, and then I think they whiffed on all of the cast members, absolutely all of them, except for Pinky, uh, Pinky Stein. I think that was the only one that they kind of got right. I think they tried to do some character development with Dakota Fanning, but she was so bad that you couldn't, you couldn't tell. Uh, <laughs> um, and so, so the, I have a question. Yeah. Yeah. So when you said, when you said the thing about Pinky, uh, do you mean that they misused the other cast members? I that think they had? none of the cast members, the actors were right for the roles that they had. The only one that was right, I guess Pinky and I guess Maggie Siff's character. I forget what her name was, but I was kind of upset that she, well, I don't want to give away the Who's movie. Maggie Siff? Uh, from Billions and she was on, she played Rachel Meekin on Mad Men. I oh, right, the, right, the, right. The, the, the Stitcher. The character's name is Teresa Stowe. Yeah, the Stitcher. Yeah, the yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think Maggie Stiff, she's good in everything she's in. So, I mean, what are you going to do? So, just really quickly, I, because I had a note that on my pros list, the fact that they have Jaiman Houndsu, Cliff Curtis, and Ming Na Wen in the cast was incredible. And then I have a line drawn to my con list because I felt like they had such good actors, but they, those characters had no development and they were um, underutilized. I think that if they had made those characters bulkier, meatier, or more interesting, like in the script, they would have been excellent. But I agree with you in that ter- in, in that case that they whiffed. Yeah. Anyway, my, sorry. My biggest con out of all of this was something that I haven't heard mentioned yet, and maybe it's just me. Like I said, like her voice and it irked me. I'm a very like audible person, or audio is my thing. Um, I didn't like all of the long pauses in the film. Like, even when there was music involved, like, I'm not saying the soundtrack was bad, but it just felt like there was so much character reflection, even though there wasn't necessarily growth. And so to have those long pauses in between each scene with the characters, that was something that was the top of my list. So in those long pauses, the soundtrack, they were using crappy UPN series music, like Little Note. You know what I mean? Like, like, there's this one scene. great. Moesha oh, was great. No, no. Yo, calm chill. Down. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on silent because no, I don't. Chill, chill, chill. Keep moving on. Bless okay. up. Okay. Okay. And you really went on silent. Um, the one thing I will say about Camilla Bell is I agree with everyone here, and also at first glance I thought it was Amber Tamlin, so yeah. I had to Google is. Amber I thought Tamlin it was Dakota the... Johnston. Right. In all fairness, and oh. I know that seems weird, but I legit thought it was Dakota Johnston at one point. In fact, I had to go back and look it up before I rewatched the movie. Dakota Johnston. From what character are we talking about? Winnie Cooper, the... uh, Kira Hudson, the uh, the 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 love interest. Yeah. Oh, you know who I thought it was? I thought it was the girl from Step Up Three. 
we all thought it was a different person. And no, is yeah. this why she doesn't have a career now? I have so. Oh many wow! Right, that, right. She's a terrible actress. That's, that's 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 the thing is that like she was not look great up, in this film, look up and that made it Sharni harder Vincent. for the whole thing with Chris Evans. Sharni Vincent is this lady's doppelganger. Noted. Sharni Vincent. Look her up. They look exactly the same. Is he our new Mark whatever or Marco? You're just going to whisper that? Mario Cantone. Cantone. Yeah, that. Yeah, words are hard past 8 p.m. He's watching. He's watching. (laughs) The only reason I knew Camilla Bello is because she played the little girl in the beginning of the Lost World Jurassic Park. And literally, it's the only thing that I've seen her in where her acting was convincing, and I didn't want to, you know, like, stab her in the face with a pencil. She's in it for two seconds. She gets torn apart for a little baby dinosaur. Exactly. I love that you just combined two names from one person who's no longer really a working actress and one of the most famous, like, singers in the world right now. (laughs) Camila Bello. That was was pretty great. Yeah, I know. You're you're welcome. Yeah. I did they, that purpose. made me pretty happy. Mm-hmm. That made me pretty happy. You're welcome. That's why they call her Senorita. Um, all these no, are that's, valid points. That's Sean Mendez. Okay, okay. Yeah, well, We're getting into dangerous territory here. Let's we get we this. are. Yeah. Let's keep it moving. So yeah. those are all okay, very valid criticisms. Are there any other particular things that you guys feel stood out really badly besides the stuff that we talked about? Yeah. So there's a scene where she's like at the beginning where she's like walking around drawing stuff. And she draws like this flower and then a tampon next to it, and I just didn't you're understand. talking about Dakota Fanning. Yeah, yeah, I just didn't understand. So, so just just for for anybody listening, I guess yeah. we, should, we haven't fully established this. So, uh, in the movie, Chris Evans specifically is a mover who can do the telekinesis thing. He can lift objects. He can push things around. Although there's also something called pusher, which is one of my other issues with this movie is the naming conventions for this stuff. Um, and then Dakota Fanning is a watcher. So she draws, she predicts the future, et cetera, et cetera. Continue, Deontay. Um, that was it. That just stood out to me. Um, <laughs> um, there's something else, but uh, it would ruin the movie. Uh, I wonder if there was a sequel plan to this. Um, because it really feels like they were setting it up for a second movie. Um, doesn't make it good. I guess I didn't really... Say- my opinion about this movie is that it's a good story. It's not a bad movie, but it's not a good movie, right? But I think it is a good story, although the ending was kind of... I don't understand the ending. Um, but a lot of the honest... Or weirdly, a lot of the Metacritic, negative Metacritic reviews, I didn't really agree with. So, um, and that was it. Uh, I'm just scrolling through my notes here to see what other negative thing. Oh, does Cassie not have friends? <laughs> does she uh, does she have friends in this movie? It, it appears no. It it appears that that's the case. I mean, neither does Chris Evans. You know he does. And he has he had yeah. Cliff Curtis was his friend, right? Yeah, Hook. Right. Uh Quarters. Right, right. Well, and like he it appears that he like knew people. Um he knew the 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 the, the, what's the guy that covered shady yeah the, 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 sh- the, the shadow guy yeah he shadow. knew him um but cassie like didn't have friends uh and it, well that's a that's actually that he talks about that in the i mean um, chris evans i think asks her don't you have friends or or i'm a weird choice of friend or something along that line yeah well it goes with what I'm, you're saying i, I mean the other thing too is th- this movie's in hong kong so, well, I mean, you know, we don't know necessarily if she was from Hong Kong or had been living in Hong Kong or if she just came to 
fine Chris Evans in Hong Kong. And also, as a 14-year-old, one, that's the most awkward time of your life. So I wouldn't be surprised if she had no friends. And two, it's uh-huh. totally normal to draw a tampon, probably. And just, like, <laughs> <laughs> and you're trying, like, I just remember the sign she made, too, and stuff. So I just, I feel like they did a nice job still portraying her as a teenage girl, but, like, a baddie. I don't know. That was a bad term. But, like, I've never seen someone that young hold a gun. And, and I'm from Ohio, so I... <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay, moving on. Um, the you other need to talk about stuff, L. It sounds like you're projecting a lot. No, it's yeah. for my therapist Thursday. Okay. Um, and that was really it. Uh, it did feel a bit like there were some like music video scenes. Um, <laughs> like when they go uh toward the toward the beginning when they go from Nick's apartment to like the market to eat. Um, it, it was shot like like a late '90s video. It, mm-hmm. it felt a lot like the "Smack My Bitch Up" video. Um, in yeah. fact, it, it, to to me, it to me, it felt like the vid, the first video from a guy from a former boy band who's like trying to go out on his own. Right, right, right. And then right, that was like right. his first video. It was like him like breaking the mold and stepping away. Right, right, right. And playing so, crafts. Kevin, you might be the only one that gets this reference, but those moments, those those twenty minute interludes with soundtrack um they reminded me of the ending credits from cowboy bebop and in my head in my head i just kept singing uh the real folk blues because it's just people walking around trying to look interesting while shopping for a papaya or gazing at a lamppost and i that was also on my list of pros because although i hated those interludes i kind of thought it was funny the way they shot them so uh, real- this this movie, go ahead. Oh, uh, Hufflepuff only, from the other. There's o- only eleven songs on the soundtrack. It seems no like so many more. Um, from the from the other room, Hufflepuff yells, "Hey, I think you hated this scene, but I want to hold it for the podcast." <laughs> ah! So, which scene did you think I hated? Uh, so there's a scene. Uh, so spoiler alert: I, I mute the podcast for like the next thirty seconds. Um, so there's a scene where they're uh, they get back to some apartment or whatever, and uh, with Kira they've met, and uh, she goes into the bathroom and she's like she keeps the door cracked, and then uh, Nick is in the he's like outside of the the bathroom and he's like looking through, and then uh, so everybody leaves. Uh, she is a what do you, what is she called a shifter whatever pusher pusher he comes he barges in and says oh is is there a fire in here and then they like have sex or whatever and i just thought that was un- evie it did escalate fast evie hates unnecessary sex scenes he also hates corny dialogue and he also hates scenes that are just unnecessary in general i personally i don't think they needed to have sex in the movie at all um I did think it was funny, but like not in the kind of like I don't, not intentionally funny. It was like unintentionally funny to me. Um, where she looks out the it, door it was and makes eye contact with him, that's where it should have ended. Let's get to the next scene. We're done. Right. And in fact, that's the biggest note on the piece of paper I have uh-huh. is fucking sex scenes. Uh, it was it wasn't interesting. The lead up to it was stupid. Is there a Moving fire on. in here? I don't right. mind. Okay. Anybody. <laughs> it's you in my what? pants. <laughs> oh. I don't oh. mind it. But... We won't. There is, but Chris we won't need a firefighter to put it in. Oh, Chris, what I 
right. I get them all confused. Okay, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'd choose Chris Evans over Chris Pine Chris any Evans. day, and I'm a straight man. Yeah. And then there's Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Chris Pine is one of the lesser Chris's, so. He no is. Okay, sorry. My bad. I'll get my hierarchy. So, I, I feel like with what Evie was talking about a second ago actually kind of leans into one of the things I think is both a pro and a con for this movie, and that is how heavily this movie relies on its cinematic moments, its photogenic shots of Hong Kong. Um, it's kind of, in very many ways, in my opinion, very beautiful and very stylized. And it's definitely one of those movies that kind of feels like it comes from that same era and thought process of, like, you know, the stylish things like Wanted or The Matrix, you know, where you have these very specific, like, you know, color-based shots establishing different spaces. You're trying to show the world off a little bit. And I think that's kind of both a pro and con to this movie. Um, because it's, it has some great cinematography in certain spaces. Uh, but at the same time, that does not a good movie make. So uh, trying to, to, to see that, and then like Evie said, kind of having those moments where it's just like pure, you know, it's a screenshot and someone's playing some music over it from, you know, UPN. That's, it's just kind of there. So for better or worse. Um I still, I, I fully agree with everything that you guys are saying here. Um, but that said, I, would any of you actually think that this movie deserves a, an average rating of 36 on Metacritic? Mm-hmm. I don't. I think it's like a 50. Because it's yeah, like I said, it's, average. it's not bad. It's not bad. It's not good. But it's not a That's bad movie. That's why it's movie. average. Yeah, That's yeah. Average. I would say 50. I, don't, I think 36 is too low. Guys, this movie yeah. didn't even we, it didn't even cost that much to make, and it didn't even make the money back. Nope. And that, <laughs> I, think the, I think, given the circumstances, it was pretty good. Like, uh, anim, not animation, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's only cost thirty-eight million dollars. Wow! It didn't even make thirty. It, it, it was thirty-one. Well, right, because it, it was, was that was during not the, a huge movie. The height of the economic downturn. Because I remember mm-hmm. this came out when no one that graduated from college that year could find jobs. And, like, people were poor. And I'm not saying that that was the only reason, but I, I, yeah, that's rough. So here's so that's... an argument that I was going to bring up. So do you think this movie is a slight ahead of its time? Do you think it would have yes. been, you think it would have been a lot bigger if they would have dropped it, like, Further into the two thousand late late two thousands, I Jimmy Jimmy, you might be a watcher because you're you're kind of predicting the future of this podcast. These are all what you guys are all saying at this point are are very big things, and these are all quick notes that I wanted to make within this. But but please let's let's have this conversation. I believe if they released it in like twenty fourteen, and recast literally everyone. Then it would be better. It, I think it could be a better movie and more well received. So, ben, so you putting Ben Affleck in this role in 2014 uh, who, would have been a, it would have been a sell. Right? Who else? Who else? Who else do you put in this role? Charlotte uh, Copley. Charlotte no. Copley. I'm it's got to be as, as Hooks Water. <laughs> You're so funny. As it's, Hooks Waters. There we go. It's got to be so Ben for Affleck. The young girl, so for the young girl, you could just push Jennifer Lawrence in this. Right. It could be another push for no, Jennifer pass. Lawrence. Right. Right. <laughs> I know, right? But you know who would have with the recent group? Kristen Chenoweth would have been a good Cassie. I thought you were going to say Kristen Stewart. 
with the exception of or what with with the what you guys are talking about you know the whole point of the economic downturn and the movie you know being slightly ahead of its time one of the other big problems with this movie that's not really a big problem is that it appears to be based off of a comic book or a graphic novel or something like that and it's not and around this time basically since probably the mid 2000s till now um one of the biggest struggles in the hollywood cinemascope is trying to establish uh an a a, a new ip you know, intellectual property. Basically, one one of the biggest problems is trying to have something that's an original idea or an idea that's not directly based off of a comic book or a movie, another movie or a, a book or anything in that particular way. Um, it's been one of the biggest struggles, as far as I understand. I believe one of the biggest success movies outside of Avatar that was an original IP in the last five or six years at this point was actually Baby Driver, um, which is not based off of anything. Push was not based off of anything, and although it does heavily smell a lot like an X-Men movie or any other particular superhero movie, it was its own thing. And co- coupled that with a lot of the other issues that came up with it, and I think that it's, you know, definitely was destined to lose because of the situation. Um, you talked about, Hufflepuff talked a little bit about, you know, seeming like it was setting up for a sequel, and it was, um, but it just never really became, you know, that big or that necessary because by the time they would have probably established a new one, Chris Evans was already off filming Captain America. Dakota Fanning was doing whatever she's doing. And it was just kind of, you know, too little, too late. She was getting uh, her terms of making another one. But that said, it's still one of those movies. First of all, I love the fact that it tries to do something slightly different with something that's kind of established, you know, the whole idea of, of powers and, you know, being a psychic and everything. This movie went out of its way to try to establish that there are certain sets of these things and they tried to make it unique in that own sense. You know, I've, I've never seen another movie who went about its way of establishing these different types of people with powers. You know, we talk a little bit about X-Men and, and X-Men has all these powers. There's literally all the powers that are in this movie and more, but they never really established them as categories or classes. And I thought that that was really fascinating. And, and for me, it always seemed like such an interesting thing to, to do that would establish a universe. So I always saw this movie as kind of a fun movie that could have led to something much bigger because of that. What do you think the, so I have a, I have a question uh, because this, I, this was something that was in my notes. What do you think this movie, if this movie had a thesis statement, what would it be? That's a good question. Um, I think the thesis statement for this movie was the idea of people being different and the fearfulness that comes with such things or the issue of power and how that works. Um, I'm kind of bullshitting just because I don't know if I have a better answer for you. And I don't know if there is a better answer within the context of this movie. But I don't think that it it feels the same way that like an X-Men movie does because X-Men is basically about the whole idea of diversity and, and... you know, certain classes not being viewed in a certain way. Um, I don't think that Push looks to do the same thing as X-Men, but I do feel like it has some similar qualities. I just... Anybody I, agree, disagree? I just, I felt like the movie at the end, like if I was to sum up the whole movie, what I should have taken away from it or what its thesis statement was, I felt like it didn't really have one. Um, 
I guess what I wrote down in my notes was if you doubt the truth, open your envelope that your ex-boyfriend gave to you. Like that's the thesis statement. <laughs> um, and so I just, that was, that was kind of my, my issue. Um, or my, one of the bigger issues that I had with the movie. Um, so yeah, does anybody else have like thoughts on that? I guess my challenge would be, if you had 30 seconds, how would you convince someone who's never watched this movie to watch this movie? Psychic powers, young Chris Evans. Um, it's really pretty in a lot of different moments, and it's got some fun action. Um, but it, it's not a movie that you should take seriously, which I think means that it's great for you to sit down and have some fun with. And that's less than 30 seconds. I counted. <laughs> I mean, if you like superhero movies, I mean, it's it's decent enough, but I mean, don't get too much into the plot. <laughs> I, I, one of the things too, is I also kind of saw this movie, like Jimmy, you talked a little bit about how you think it's kind of ahead of its time. I saw this movie as one of those things that kind of potentially transitions the comic book movies and the superhero movies from being very much like trying to emulate directly the comics because we saw that with, you know, X-Men Origins, Wolverine. We saw that with the Fantastic Four movies and everything else. Like, I feel like this movie was trying to transition this more into, like, the superhero idea, but it was not necessarily just the superhero stuff. You know, like, trying to bring not a sense of reality. This isn't, like, Dark Knight compared to, you know, Man of Steel or whatever. But, like, it felt to me like a transitional film for that genre. Fair enough. Fair enough. I agree. I do think it was it at the beginning of the superhero movie. When did the first Iron Man come out? Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. So it was like right at the beginning of the superhero uh, deluge of movies, yeah. and I, and I think they hadn't quite figured out how to make these movies or how to make them interesting enough beyond just having an IP. Um, and well, when, when you say deluge, because, I mean, X-Men had been out for quite some time. Blade had been out, you know, all these other things. When you say deluge, you mean, like, the new, like, Marvel revolution? Marvel I mean, like, this deluge of Marvel movies. Because if you look at, like, okay. pre-2008, like, er, now er, there's at least two to three Marvel movies that come out every year, right? Um, and before that, yep. you might have gotten one, like, every three years or so. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, I guess that's what I meant. Um, but, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, does anybody have any, like, parting thoughts uh, before we, like, wrap, bring this bitch home? I want to go no. to Hong Kong. Oh, uh, me too. Let's. Can we do an episode from Hong Kong? Me too. Sure. Let's, I, let's do an episode from Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Sorry, yeah. no offense to Hong Kong, but it looks really dirty. Uh, it's very clean, and they speak English there. Um, it looked really dirty. Uh, that's So, there's, like... Hong Kong Island, which is, like, the clean part. Uh, and then there's, like, the Hong Kong region, which is, like, no, not on the island. And I, that's the dirty part. Or I got, we got to be careful. But uh, And they kept interchanging shots between the clean part and the dirty part. So the part with all the, the lights and buildings, that's the nice part. Um, so, yeah. Um, so this has been We Like Watching. Uh, we hope you guys join us. Uh, I hope you guys follow our socials. 
Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about whether or not Hugo Weaving looks weird. Um, Evie, do you want to... Yeah. Do you want to um, plug so our... All, all of our current artwork is done by Adam Beeman from Adam Beeman Art. So go check out his his stuff. He does a lot of um, paintings. He does some commission paintings. Um, most famously, he painted a Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, portrait that's absolutely gorgeous uh, right after her passing and he just did a Kamala Harris one that is amazing um, his brush stroke work is incredible and yeah just want to shout him out for good karma and thanks for doing our um, our images Yeah, maybe we could get him to do a portrait of Hugo Weaving maybe I, I, would, I would pay well for that probably um, and just to remind anybody listening that if you want to tell me that I'm completely wrong about the movie Push, uh, the novel by Sapphire, uh, then you can go ahead and reach out to us at welikewatchingpod at gmail.com. Once again, yep. that's welikewatchingpod at gmail.com. For any questions, concerns, uh, if you want Elle and, and Jimmy to finally just take off the gloves and start fighting each other, we can probably stream that live. But we just need enough requests and enough Venmo uh, of about twenty to thirty dollars. That's usually pretty good for pay per views. Come um, at me with your arguments. I'm gonna win. There, but I doubt it. Go. All of your takes have been trash. All right, but <laughs> yes, this has been. We like watching. We hope that you enjoy. And please don't forget to rate and subscribe. See you Thanks next a week. lot, Taylor. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.